Hallelujah. Seems like forever. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there's some new faces here since the last time we've been here. And uh, thank you, Pastor Richard and uh, Diana, for just uh, allowing us to come. And it's such a blessing to be here. Um, we're excited what God has done. Well, well, I'm bringing what God has done and what he's going to do. Um, but I'm not preaching this morning, so I'm going to leave the fire for the better half. Um, one, of the, one of the things, though, I do want to um, uh, mention to you, if you would please keep our ministry in prayer in Nepal. Persecution is starting uh, where they're burning down churches. They're, they're grabbing pastors and Christians. Uh, so it, sometimes it a actually happens where they're killed. Now, in India, that's been happening quite a bit. Um, and uh, they, I think recently they just burned about 300 churches. And so it's, it's happening. One of the places that the, well, we minister in, in four countries besides the United States, Malaysia is a Muslim country. We minister in Malaysia. And right now the, it's, it's been in a, a fairly good place for the Christians. It hasn't, it hasn't risen up in persecution as much. There's always that underlying uh, thing that happens with the Christians there and the Muslims. But please pray for Nepal. Please pray for India. This November and December, I will be in both those countries. And we have churches and ministry throughout Nepal. And we got really good friends in India, indigenous people that we've ministered with for many years. So I just, I would just ask if you please would pray for your brothers and sisters in those countries. And, and thank you again, Pastor Richard. We love you guys. We love this church. I'm excited to see what God's doing and what he's about to do. So God bless you. Amen. 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 God is on the move. God is, he's always on the move, isn't he? Sometimes we just don't, we don't recognize it or we don't see it. So I can do this and then I can see you all. Hi. And then when I look down at my notes, but so, when you, if you get close to me and you see me do this, it's because I can't, I can't do this with glasses too close. So anyway, uh, we do thank you, Pastor Richard and Diana. These are great people. I know you know that, but I'm going to say it anyway. You can trust them. They're, they're, they are highly, highly integrity people. That's not the right way to say it, but you get it. Um, highly integrity. They, they walk in in the, the love of God to an amazing degree. And uh, we are honored, honored to call them our friends. I think they're a little bit more than friends, really. I think they're more, more brother and sister, but um, I, I, yeah, they are. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I do want to share something before I get into my message, because when Pastor said about honoring the Lord with your tithe, now, you all gave already, so I'm not asking you for an offering, okay? Um, but something the Lord spoke to me recently, um, probably a few months ago, um, I'm not sure exactly, it was maybe the beginning of this year. We've been Christians for a very long time, very long time, uh, probably longer than some of you have been alive. <laughs> We've been Christians. And uh, we learned early on about tithing and how important tithing is and how, you know, the Lord said, um, you know, in fact, we call it his tithe and our offerings. 
because he said, if you'll give me 10% of what you make, you'll, you can do more with 90% than you could ever have done with that 100%. And so we got very involved in the very beginning with tithing. Now, pastor didn't ask me to say this, okay? In fact, he didn't even know I was going to say this. So I just want to make this clear. The other part I want to make clear is I have not spoken to them about you. And so if the Lord gives me a word for you, please, oh, pastor told you, didn't he? So that hasn't happened. I just want you to know that. Um, anyway, um, so we were faithful in tithing. When we, and we had no money, but yet the money that we would get, we'd be faithful in tithing. And I mean, it was to the point sometimes where it was like groceries or tithe. Tithe. That's what you're supposed to do. And God would do miracles. Miracles. I'm not kidding. We were, we were young. We were very poor. And, you know, my husband, we lived on Long Island at the time. My husband would go, um, and he'd say, well, I'm just going to go down and go clamming. At least maybe we can get some clams for dinner, you know, or whatever, you know, because we were so poor. Well, I have two boxes. I have a box of spaghetti, so if you can go get the clams, we can have, like, you know, spaghetti and clams. And he went, and I'll never forget, he would go down there, and one time, you know, the, the, when you go clamming, it has to be lower, lower tide. And this time, the tide was still up a little bit, so he had to wait a minute, and you know, wait a few minutes. And as he was standing there, this man comes up in a boat. And so he looks, he, looks at, he looks down at his fish. He picks him up, looks at his fish, looks at my husband, looks at his fish, and he goes, do you want these? I mean, miracles like that would happen. It was just, I mean, crazy, you know, that we would do that. Well, so we were faithful to tithe, and we have still been faithful to tithe for, tithe for many years. But at the beginning of this year, the Lord started dealing with me, Pastor Richard. He said, I want you to read that scripture. And I said, yeah, honor the Lord with your wealth through the first fruits, you know. So shall your barns be full. Thank you, Lord. I, you know, thank you for that. And he said, do you honor me with your tithe? And I started thinking about it for a minute. And I said, you know, God, I'm so sorry. Because I've gotten so used to tithing that it just became a thing. Well, what do you do? You just write the check or you just whatever, you know. We have an app at the church that we go to. You just go to the app and pay it. And, and I didn't even think about it. I really didn't even think about it. We just did it. And the Lord started dealing with me on honoring the Lord with your tithe. Honoring the Lord. Take that minute to just say, you know, Lord, I honor you with this. Yeah, you're putting it in the church or you're putting it in a ministry. But the point is we're honoring God with that. And as we are faithful to just really take that time to worship the Lord. The Bible says that's part of our worship as we give. If we're faithful to do that and worship the Lord with our giving and not just throw it in the bucket, so to speak, God's going to honor that back. And so that has nothing whatsoever to do with my message, but I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share that with you today. So that was free. <laughs> well, it's all free, but whatever. Anyway, I want to talk to you today a little bit about the risk of faith. Um, a lot of you have already preached my message that we're standing up here this morning, so this is really good. I want to give you a word that I felt like the Lord uh, gave me. The Lord gave me this message um, weeks ago for the church. But then, um, you know, I was like, okay, God, this, you know, okay. And then I felt like, that, like God has been putting pieces of this together. And so the Lord gave me a message for Pastor Richard and Diana and for your, the church and here's what I heard the Lord say. There's a launching out, a, getting, a leap of faith getting ready to take place. I see other buildings, other places that will be called by your name. 
Um, there were other buildings on this property I saw, uh, but also in other parts of the community and in different towns. I saw daughter churches with this location being the main sanctuary. And here's what I heard the Lord say, don't be afraid. It's going to look impossible to achieve, but I'm the God of the impossible. And God's going God's to bring it to pass. So there's a leap of faith coming. There's a, there's a thing. So we're going to talk today about the risk of faith. And Hebrews 11.1, 1 obviously, is a very um, pivotal scripture on faith. It says, uh, in the New King James, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Um, and in the Amplified, I like the Amplified too, it says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for or divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical sense, senses. So this word faith in this scripture um, is a word, it's pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, and it means to be persuaded, come to trust, have faith. In short, um, this word for the believer is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief. We have a human like, you know, I believe the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Well, that's okay. But there's a, there's a divine persuasion that, that, we, that comes from, uh, from the Lord. Um, but it involves our human belief also. But it's God's divine persuasion. The Lord continuously births faith in the yielded believer so that they can know what he prefers. He continually births that faith in our, in, as we yield to him, he continually births that faith in us so that we can know what he prefers, the persuasion of his will. Okay, and then um, there's, this, there's a phrase in that um, that says hoped for. And um, many times people translate that as, I hope God does this thing for me. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. But that word is really not translated well there because the word actually means to expect or to trust. So when we say hope, sometimes we don't, we, we, um, we get that feeling, well, I hope God does this. I sure hope God heals me. I hope God brings in the money I need. But that's not what that word really means. It means to expect something, to trust for something. The word evidence is translated as proof. So a better way to translate this verse is to say that faith is the substance of things expected or trusted for and the proof of things not seen. Now, I know we have to be careful not to swing the pendulum, so to speak, in the other direction and demand God to do something for us. You know, we don't, I, I, I'll tell you, some very well-meaning believers I've heard sometimes that have been like, you know, I demand you, God, to do this. And I'm just like, you know, because when the lightning strikes, I'm not going to be in front of you, brother. You know, <laughs> but there's a real place where we can stand in faith and we can expect God to do something for us. We can expect God to do something for us. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that's, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this word impossible um, means that we're incapable. That's the word it is there. We're incapable. We have an inability to please God. It's not, we, we are not able to please God. We're not capable of pleasing God without this trust, without this pistis, this word, this faith in God, this trust in God. 
And then it says, we must the, the, whoever comes to God must believe that he is. And that word is, I am. The great I am. We must believe I am. The I am that I am has told us that this is going to happen. And the word diligently seeks, it says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Means I liked what you said about craving. It means to crave, to investigate, to not be satisfied to just say, well, I think God's going to do this for me, you know. Well, let's investigate. I, I, you know, demand an answer, so to speak, um, to worship God. So we must diligently seek him. We must crave God. We must not demand an answer from God, but demand an answer. God, I need an answer to this. God, this, this, this situation that's in my life, I need an answer to this. And we, we investigate. We look into the word of God. We say, God, what does your word say about this situation? And then when we get that understanding of what God says about it, then we can stand expecting God to do it. Expecting God. God, not in an arrogant way. Please, please hear me. I am not, I'm not saying be arrogant with God. Don't try it because it's not going to end well, okay? <laughs> but I, what I'm talking about is we reverence God. We come to him because we know of his great love. And because he loved us first, we love him. See, it's an, it's an expression of what God's doing in us. God loved us first when we didn't love ourselves and when we weren't really capable of love and when we weren't, we weren't at that place where we could be loved. And yet then God loved us, came for us, wooed us, we became Christians, and now because of that, the expression goes back to God. That love goes back to God. And so we diligently seek him. We crave, Lord, I worship you. I can expect because you love me and you said this is going to happen. We, um, we just had, um, well, I'll get to those in a few minutes, some of the answers to prayer that have been amazing to me. Um, another thing that we need to know is we work together with the Lord. We work together with the Lord. So it says, um, in there it says, um, in that faith it says God's divine persuasion it's distinct from human belief, but it involves human belief. So it's not, you know, I, I, I do love the expression, the battle belongs to the Lord. But I heard one preacher say the battle belongs to the Lord, but the fight belongs to us. So even the Israelites, when they were going through different times, they'd say, should we fight these? Should we? And the Lord would say, I'm going to give you victory in this. And so, but they had to go fight the battle. They couldn't just sit there. I mean, sometimes, sometimes they didn't. Sometimes it was great. But, you know, a lot of times they had to go and they had to fight the battle. So we have to understand that we're, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says we are laborers together with God. God does something and we do something. God, God has his part, so to speak, but he expects us to do our part in whatever it is. God gives direction and resources and we walk it out, so to speak. We walk out what he's told us to do. And, uh, and I'm going to tell you, I've been... We've been Christians for 44 years this month, and it, it's been a, a glorious, glorious time. When my husband and I first got married, we were not Christians, and uh, but when we we were young, I was I had just turned 21, and he wasn't yet 20 when we got married. Well, that tells you how. Well, we weren't Christians, so I didn't tell you how old I was yet. But, <laughs> but um, we went to this place in New Jersey. We went to an amusement park because what did teenagers really do when they get, I don't know, let's go to an amusement park. 
for our honeymoon. That's where we went. And um, we went and we got a, 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 a wooden sign made. And we had no money. We just went and had fun and whatever. But we got a wooden sign made there. And it says, Pat, Mike, great adventure. And I'm telling you, God has a sense of humor. Because, boy, we've been on one ever since. Three years later after that, we became Christians. And it's been a huge roller coaster adventure since then. And we love it. We love it. But God gives us, um, you know, God gives us the direction. He gives us, he says, now, now walk towards it. Now, sometimes you don't see the resources right away. But you walk towards what God has said. You know, I'll give you one example that happened to us today. What happened to us the last few weeks um, I was asked to do a women's seminar in Singapore in January. Now, the last few years, we've done it by Zoom, but I really felt like I was supposed to go there and do it in person. And so I said, well, what do you think if I came there and we did it in person? And they were excited about it. And so, I, you know, we talked about it. My husband and I talked about it, and we were like, yeah, let's do that. We're going to go. Well, there's a lady that allows us to use her apartment when we're there. Because if we go for two weeks to Singapore and you stay, or however long we go for, and you stay in a hotel, it's about $150 a night. And you, you do the math for two weeks or however long we stay, and it gets very expensive. And so there's a lady that normally allows us to stay in her apartment. So I messaged her right away, and I said, hey, Sister Josephine, we're, we're going to be coming in January. Would you be open to us staying at your apartment. And she sent me back and she said, hi, Pastor Pat, no, we don't have it, it won't be available. And so we thought, oh, what are we supposed to do? I really felt like oh, we were supposed to go, like what are we supposed to do? Should we just cancel, what do we do? And this word, I really felt like the Lord said to me, just get the tickets, I'll take care of it. Well, that's great, Lord. <laughs> that's, whew. Okay, just get the tickets. So we made arrangements for different ministry, and we didn't. We haven't gotten the tickets yet, but we're ready. To, you know, we're ready to get the tickets. And uh, well, I just thought, well, I don't know where we're going to stay, but praise the Lord, we're going. And this morning, literally this morning, the lady messaged me again, and she said, "Hey, uh, the apartment just came open, so you're welcome to stay there while you're there." So God took care of it. So you don't always see the resources when it's happening. You don't always see it. But when you say the yes, God will take care of the rest. You have to say the yes and start walking towards it. I remember when my daughter went to, she, was, she felt like she was supposed to go to Australia. And uh, this was back in 2008. She came home one day and she said, I feel like the Lord told me to go to Australia. And I said, well, that's nice. Okay. And so she said, um, I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. I have no idea. I just feel like if I just stand in the middle of the airport and say, okay, God, now what? And she, I mean, I, and I thought, you go, honey. Who's paying for that trip, by the way? And so, <laughs> and so I just, we just said, well, see, you know, my husband said to her, well, just start walking towards it. See what God does and see what God doesn't do. And that'll tell you what you're supposed to be doing. See what God opens up and what he closes. And so she started walking towards it and felt like she was supposed to go to Hillsong College, felt like she, you know, got, and then she put in her application. She got accepted. Well, now she needed the money for that. She got that. That came in. She got the money for the ticket. She got all that stuff started to come. But she said the yes first. See, faith takes risk. So often, 
I want to be comfortable in my faith. I want to not have to put a lot of effort into it. Well, God, if this is you, it's just going to happen. You know, and it's like, there's a, there's a thing in India, we, we always laugh, Nepal, we always laugh, because they believe in karma, and they believe, well, they believe, I, I believe it's the way they say it. Anyway, they believe that everything's going to happen the way the gods want it to happen. And so you'll see them, you'll see a person standing on the side of the road, and they'll just, they won't even look. Pastor Richard, they won't even look. They'll just get off and start walking. Because here's what they believe. If the gods want me to stay alive, nobody's going to hurt me. And if the gods want me dead, nothing's going to stop that from happening. Wow. That's crazy stuff. That's crazy stuff. <laughs> See, that's sometimes, though, as Christians, don't we? Well, if God wants it to happen, it's just going to happen. No, it's not. We have a part in it. Now, there are things that God will supernaturally, sovereignly do, and there's nothing. I've seen God do healings. I've seen God do miracles that had nothing to do with anybody's faith. But I'm going to tell you that that's not always the way it happens. And so we can't always depend on that and actually, you know, live our life like that. Um, it seems to me like God allows circumstances and situations to come into my life that make me uncomfortable. So that as I exercise my faith, I gain faith muscles, and my roots of faith go down deeply. It's like exercise for your heart, exercise for your faith, asking God for things way beyond your ability. If God, you know, if we say the yes, we ask God for stuff, and I'm telling you, when God shows us daughter churches, buildings on the property, you know, overflow crowds of people, and you're just like, okay, God, <laughs> like, wow, who's going to fund all that? God is. God's going to take care of it, but you have to walk towards it, which you know. I'm not telling. Pastor is very good at this. He's been doing this a very long time. So I'm not giving him instructions on how to do it at all. But if we can figure out the how, honestly, it's probably not faith. If we can figure out the how, it's probably our own human efforts getting us to the point we're getting. Um, sometimes God will show you the how, but it's going to be out of our realm of ability. It is. It's going to be out of our realm of ability. Um, I remember the time, and I'll just I'll give you a, a, just some examples, that when um, Pastor Mike was going to Nepal one, one year, and we did not have the money for me to go. That was just a fact. We didn't have the money for me to go. And so I just said, I'll stay home. Just, you know, it's okay. I'll stay home. I can't go. And uh, so a pastor called him, and he said, well, why isn't your wife going? And he said, well, you know, not this time. She'll, she'll, go. she'll go another time. And the pastor said, is it the plane ticket? Please don't ask that question. You know, it's like, <laughs> just don't even ask, you know. And so my husband was like, well, yeah, you know, yeah, that's okay. You know, she's going to stay home. And he said, well, I'm going to give you $1,000 towards a ticket. And so he got off the phone, and he, you know, of course, we were very grateful, thankful, and I, I said, wow, that's it, but the ticket's more than $1,000. So we still don't have the money to go to Nepal. Now what do we do? And so four days before I, we were supposed to, he was supposed to go to Nepal, that pastor called right back, and he said, I'm going to pay for the whole ticket. I'll just send you the money for the whole ticket. Four days before we were supposed to go. That's impossible. 
So then, and this just happened again, and it had nothing to do with the money. This happened. Our pastor, the pastor of our church, was going to go with him, and a situation arose in our church because, you know, Churches are always so perfect and nothing ever happens in them. Um, <laughs> um, a situation arose in our church where the pastor could not go with him. And so it was about a week before he was supposed to go or a little bit less that he told, told Pastor Mike. And I said, man, I wish I could go. And I, so I said, Lord, what do you think? Should I go? Because I wasn't going to go. Lord, what do you think? And uh, I felt like the Lord say, yeah, go ahead. You can go. And so, and like I said, it wasn't money this time. It was like, okay, well, let me see if I can get someone to stay with my daughter, because most of you, some of you know, some of you that don't know us, we have a, an adult daughter that is in a wheelchair. She's developmentally disabled and has cerebral palsy. So it's not like we can just get up and go. We have to have care for her. Well, let me see if I can get care for her. And I, so I, I called her caregiver, and I said, hey, what do you think about staying, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, yep, we, you got it, no problem. And so I said, wow, praise God. Well, I need to get a ticket. Boy, they're usually really expensive when you get close. So I don't know, Lord. Let me see if I can get a ticket on the same flight, you know, that he's on. And let me just see how this will work out. And so I looked online, and my flight was actually cheaper than his had been. And he'd gotten his about two months before. And so <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, Okay, God, I get it. I hear you, Lord. And so I got to go to Nepal. That, this was just this past November, February, February, that we just went. So there's many times that the Lord will speak to you about something, and it is way beyond your ability. But if you'll say the yes and start walking towards it, God will work out things that, that you are surprised that he'll work out. You, he'll, you'll be surprised. Um, the yes in your heart opens the door for God to work. The yes in your heart. We have to make sure we have that yes. The reason I really felt like um, the Lord wanted me to do this because I know that God is bringing this congregation to a yes, a, a, a place where you have to say yes, where it's like, yes, we're going to move forward and do this because there are, there's a leap of faith. When I say a leap of faith, it's not just a, you know, maybe we'll believe for 10 more people. Maybe we'll believe that God will heal that person. No, God said a leap of faith. It's going to be huge. But as you say your yes, God is going to open the door. Um, maybe the Lord's spoken to you about a direction in your life, your career, your ministry, your home. And as we say the yes to God, it activates something in the heavenly realm that lights the path in front of us and helps us to see the divine instructions. We say yes. Okay, God. God speaks to us and says yes. Now, I, I just want to give you this real quick. Um, it has to be based on the word of God. Okay? Uh, I, I'll tell you right now, God will never say go divorce your wife or your husband. God will never say, you know, go jump off the cliff and, you know, or go to that high bridge and jump off. Okay? Thing, it has to be what the word of God says. Um, but we have to ask the Lord also. See, the word without the spirit you will dry up. But the spirit without the word, you will blow up. But when you put both together, we will grow up. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to grow up, to use the word, but to hear his voice. See, we, we, we kind of want either way. I think in, the, in that, the, that move of God that happened in Toronto, 
Boy, that started out amazing, but then people started looking for the spirit to move, and I think that that kind of, you know, quenched some things because God's not interested in just having a, a move of the spirit, so to speak. He wants us to mature and grow up in it. Um, okay, I said that already, so I'm not going to say it again. Real quick, I'm going to read this, and then we're going to, I really want to get into a time of ministry because I feel like um, the Lord has some things in here this morning. Joshua 3, let's read this real quick, 1 through 6. Early the next morning, Joshua got up and left Shittim with all the Israelites. They went as far as the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, you ought to set out from your positions and follow it. But keep a distance of about 3,000 yards between yourself and the Ark. Do not go near it so that you can see the way to go since you have never traveled this way before. Then Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And he said to the priests, take the Ark of the Covenant, go on ahead of the people. They carried the Ark of the Covenant, went on ahead of them. And you know the rest of the story, the Lord told them, go stand in the water. <laughs> okay. Now, the Jordan at that time was at flood stage. So, I mean, for us, in, when we lived in Minnesota, we knew the Red River Valley in the spring. That was kind of like, you just expected there was going to be floods everywhere because um, it was a low-lying area. Well, this is what the Jordan was like. And here the Lord tells them, first of all, he says, you've never been this way before, so make sure you're watching the Spirit of the Lord and keeping your eyes focused on the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord, because if you don't stay focused on the Lord, you'll start getting distracted by the things around you, and you won't be able to accomplish what God has told you to do. The next thing he told them was um, to take this ark, go ahead of the people, which, of course, we want. We want to stay with the, with the spirit of the Lord in front of us. But then he said, to the, he said, go stand in the water. Now, I, you know, you really got to be committed to the Lord. <laughs> you know, go stand in the water. and God's going to move the water out of the way. And you're like, um, it's wet, you know. <laughs> go get in the middle of the river. Wait, how am I going to get in the middle of the river when, the, first of all, the middle of the river is way out there. And it's, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a small river. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, when we lived in Minnesota, we could go up north to the start of the Mississippi River and walk across it. This wasn't that. This was a flooded area that they said, go in and stand in the middle. Um, but as they said yes to the Lord and as they were obedient, we know the story, that river, that opened up and the people went across on dry ground. And that's a miracle. And there's many times that God wants us to go stand in the middle of the river. <laughs> and you just think, there's no way, God. There's no way. Um, but God will do miracles and wonders. And that's what I see happening. As you say the yes, God's going to give you information and give you a direction. And as you just keep taking those steps, God is going to do wonders among you and through you. Um, faith, I heard this from a pastor at Bethel Church in Reading, faith brings answers, enduring faith brings answers with character. Enduring faith brings answers with character. God will not always answer our prayers immediately because 
He's so interested in our hearts. He's so interested in our hearts. God is so interested in, in us that if he answers our prayers immediately, it's going to create not only a baby Christian, but it's going to create a shallow faith. Why well, just pray and God does it? It creates a shallow faith. But as we have to endure in faith and as we have to walk through and just keep saying, God said this was going to happen. God said this was going to happen. God said, God, I believe you. I trust in you. You said it was going to happen. I trust you, Lord. I'm going to keep walking towards it. Then it brings character with it. It, it gets our roots of faith to go down deep inside of us. Um, I heard Bill Johnson say this from Bethel, uh, Bethel Church. There's such a fear of getting it wrong that we don't risk getting it right. We're so afraid. If I go pray for that person that's sick, what happens if they don't get healed? It's not up to you. You just be obedient. You say the yes, and you be obedient to what God's told you to do. Well, I think I'm supposed to take this job. What, do you, what am I supposed to do? Should I take it? Should I not take it? Should I not? I feel like God said I'm supposed to take this job. But what if it do, it's not the right job? What if we get paralyzed by fear and we don't want to walk any further because I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong? We just have to sometimes take a leap of faith and just do it. Just do it. You know, I heard one person said, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so there was a pastor years ago when we were thinking about getting into ministry. And we, we were praying, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? And uh, we went to this conference, and this pastor talked about Peter getting out of the boat. And then, you know, and he said, I pray you get out of the boat, and God breaks it up behind you. He said, so you have no boat to get back into. And he said, what's the worst that can happen? You go back to the factory. Who cares? He said, what's the worst that you could do? And so it really it was like, oh, okay, God, <laughs> I guess we got to do this thing, you know. And so... There's, there's such a fear in getting it wrong that we don't risk to get it right. I meant real quick, I'm going to tell you a testimony that, that um, some of you know this testimony and some of you don't, and I'm not going to give you the whole testimony. But um, I became a Christian. When I was younger, though, before that, when I was young, um, I was abused by an uncle. And so it skewed the way I looked at things with relationships and with everything. I just, I, it just, it changed everything the way I looked at things. And so um, years went by. A lot of things happened. I became a Christian. God healed a lot of things, but that was one area I never gave to the Lord, was this trauma that had happened to me when I was very young. I never gave it to the Lord. It was one of those things that in my family and some of your families, you sweep it under the rug and you just don't talk about it. And so it, it's like some of the ladies will understand that one drawer or that one closet you have that it's there, I know it's there, we don't touch it. <laughs> we just leave it alone. It's a mess, and I'm never going to clean it, so just leave it alone. And so that's kind of where I was at. But when I, I was at a service one time, and the, the Lord started ministering in this service. And when I say the Lord started ministering, much like some of your services, it was as if God literally walked in the room. It was as if he pulled back the curtain and said, I'm here. And so it, it was a holy time in the Lord. You could, and I was in a youth conference. So you know when God is doing stuff, when, you know, 500 youth are all getting ministered to by what God is doing. And so here I am in there, 
with our youth, and the Lord starts to touch me. And I said, no, God. <laughs> no, no, we don't touch that area because I wanted to cry. And all I could think was, if I ever start to cry, I'm never going to stop. And they're going to put me in a mental institution. That's, that's, that's what a survivor, a trauma survivor thinks. If you're not sure, if you've never been in that position, I'm going to give you some insight. That's how they think. I don't cry. They, they put up a wall. They become emotionally distant. And so there I was. I love the Lord. Don't touch it. And so this, but this service, God was not content to let me continue like this. He let me continue about 15 years as a Christian like that. And then this one service, it was as if God said, let's deal with it. And so when the Lord started to touch me and I felt like I was going to cry, I said, no, God, not here. I can't do this here. Can't do this here. This is too vulnerable. This is too emotional. This is too traumatic for me to, to open this wound up here. And here's the words the Lord told me. And this is why I bring this up. The Lord said to me very simply, he didn't say, oh, honey, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. He didn't say, you know, those people were terrible. That was all true. Well, here's what he said to me. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? And I was at a crossroads because I didn't trust anybody. I said I trusted God, and I did to a degree as much as I could in my state. I trusted God. But I didn't trust God with that area. And he said, will you trust me? And I said, yes, God, I'll trust you. And it began, a, it, for that day, God, there was like a crack opened up in that wall that was inside of me that I wouldn't let anybody in. And I, I, the whole, I'm telling you, it's been continuing like that for 30 years that it's been that God has been healing me and continuing to do stuff in me. But that day was the beginning of it. And God set me so completely free that day that I am able now to take that. Not only does God heal you of those things, but then gives you the anointing and the ability to go minister to other people in that area, which is incredible to me because who would have ever thought with the horrors that I went through that God would now use me to heal those very same issues in other people. It's amazing to me. But here's what he kept saying, will you trust me? What I didn't understand at that time, I said yes, but what I didn't understand at that time that he has continued to say that to me through the years. Every time there's a, a place that I get fearful, God says, will you trust me? Well, but God, this is a big, this is a big step. Will you trust me? I, I got you back. I'm, I'm not going to hurt you. Will you trust me? I got you back. And I hear God saying that to you today. Will you trust me? I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you. I, I, I just I keep hearing the Lord say, I'm not going to hurt you. This is good what I'm doing for you. It was difficult for me at that point to receive it, but I see from the years and years and years, I mean, things that would happen, hard places we would be in. I mean, different. I remember one time, and I mean, there was many deep things that God did. But I remember one time we are in Nepal, and we travel over the mountains. If anybody's ever watched that ice road trucker's most dangerous roads, we travel on those. <laughs> so we were going to travel over the mountains. And uh, 
which I didn't like to first place. I didn't, I am not an adventurer in that sense. God has made me an adventurer because that is not me. And so here we're getting ready to go. And, and Pastor Mike and Narayan, Pastor Narayan, who's the, the our national uh, leader over there, they said, well, we're going to go this afternoon. No, I think it was towards evening. We're going to go towards evening. And I said, uh-uh. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we got to go this evening. No, nope, we'll wait till tomorrow morning and go. I'm not going this evening. And they said, no, we got to go this evening because there was so much traffic. I think it was a, some holy day in Nepal. And we got we to gotta go tonight because tomorrow is the holy day and it's going to be so crowded. You're not going to be able to go. I'm not going. <laughs> and my husband, bless his heart, he is the leader of the house. And he looked at me and he said, we're going. And I said, can I talk to somebody else? Because <laughs> I don't really want to go. <laughs> And I said, okay, okay, we'll go. And I just, God said, will you trust me? I got you. Will you trust me? I'm going to be, you're going to be okay. Well, I mean, I sat in the back. I think I prayed more in that trip than anything, but we got through. I'm still here today. We didn't fall off the mountain. We're good. But, you know, will you trust me? Will you trust me? And I hear the Lord saying that. Will you trust me? Will you allow me to work in your heart? Will you say the yes to what I have for you? And, and allow me to work and show you the wonders that I have with your yes. It could be just a job. I don't mean, I don't mean just a job. You understand what I'm saying. It could be a, a career that you're thinking about. It could be a healing. It could be a ministry that God is, has called you to. It could be a leap in the area of finances. And you're like, God, I can't do that. I don't, I can't, you know, I remember thinking in the beginning, I can't tithe. <laughs> Like, do you understand I have to pay bills sometimes? And yet God said, you can do more with 90% you ever could have done with 100%. And I, we've proved that for many, many, many years. The Lord's proved it through us. And so I, I just want to encourage you to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord in whatever it is that he's calling you to do. Just say the yes. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. That night when I said yes and I, when God asked me that, it opened up incredible things for me incredible. It changed my whole relationship with my husband. I, I mean, it was just incredible. He always would love me, and I didn't have that capacity to really be vulnerable or give myself to my husband because of what I'd been through. But I mean, everything. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I believe God wants to, there's some people in here that I really believe God wants to minister to. Um, um, Miss Carrie, um, you know, I was, I've been um, just praying and praying for you, and I just heard the Lord say, this is a woman of integrity. This is a woman of God. This is a woman who stands even in the midst of others around her not agreeing or not being excited about what she believes and what she stands for. And I, the Lord said, because you've been willing to obey me in secret, that there is coming a day very soon that God is going to reward you openly. That God is going to bring some things to pass that you've been praying for for a long time. That you thought, I'm just going to be faithful and praying for it, God. I don't see an answer. I don't see how that's going to ever happen. But God's going to bring it to pass, and it's not going to be a long time from now. So I just wanted you to know that. Thank you, Lord. That's confirmation, did you say? Praise God. 
Praise God. Praise God. It really, um, it really looked like that you were whatever this this point that you're trying to get through with with the Lord or or, or heading towards, like you had two shovels in your hands, and 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 you were making some headway, but then all of a sudden it was like a payload of bucket came in front of you, and you were pushing this payload of bucket, and you were getting a lot more ahead in the things of God, a lot more. So, yeah, yeah. There's somebody in here. I just want to, um, there's some, maybe more than one, but there's uh, at least one person in here um, that you have panic attacks, um, and it's, it's, a, it's an anxiety and a panic, and you don't, you can't control it. You just, it all of a sudden hits you. And you, you just, you, you, it's like it makes you crazy. And um, God wants to, to heal that. Well, I tell you, it makes you, like, it makes you, like, like, but it makes you, like, ah, I feel like I'm crazy. I guess that's what I'm, you feel like you're crazy. And, um, and, and I believe God's going to heal that today. I believe God's going to touch you and heal that today. I'm not going to ask you to come up right now, but when it's time for prayer, please come up and find us and let us pray for you um, because God's going to set you free from that. I mean, there's times where, you get up in the morning, and instead of saying, like, wow, this is a great day, it's like all these fear thoughts just kind of go down the line. Well, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? This is going to, I can't, and, and God is going to heal that today. So you have it's, it, Well, it's, it's actually almost like sometimes it's, it's like a weight on your chest, almost hard to breathe. It causes the anxiety that comes upon you. There's a... Uh, there's somebody. There's somebody here. Your, I, I believe it's your right hip. Now, if it's your left hip, we'll pray for you anyway. But I think it's your right hip. There's, there's a problem. You've got a pain right in your right hip, and the Lord wants to heal you today. So we would like to pray for you before uh, the service is over. Also, there's another person here that has uh, difficulty with your ears. I feel like they just get plugged. It's not that you're deaf but your ears keep getting plugged up on you. It might be sinuses. I don't know. I, I'm not getting any of that, but I'm getting that you're, you're getting plugged. Your ears are getting plugged, and we, we do want to uh, minister to you. If you're unfamiliar with uh, the prophetic, because so, some of the people here we don't know, um, but if you're not used to uh, prophetic words or, or things like that, it's, it's just it's according to the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you can read you can read that about the gifts of the Spirit. That God, it's not that we're any more spiritual than anybody else, but there's different gifts that God releases to help the body, to help, in other words, to help people and to encourage them and uh, and and bless them. So, if if any of those words, um, or if it's you. We'd like for you to come up. We'd like to pray for you and just just believe. Go ahead. And, and I, like he said, I don't know. We don't know everybody here, but there is one thing that I just feel like the Lord keeps impressing upon me, and that is, if you have, if you are not right with God, you know, you know. I don't know. I mean, but you know. And maybe it's that you haven't asked Jesus into your heart. Maybe it's that you have, but you're not walking with Him. I just feel like the Lord keeps saying that. Will you trust me? Will you trust me today? Will you will you take that leap of faith and and give your heart to me? Um, so often we think that 
Um, we, ca we have to clean up our own act before we can come to the Lord. And, and that's never the way that God intended it. Um, we come to the Lord, and then he takes care of those other things. He'll minister to us. Um, and I can tell you tremendous testimony of our caregiver, but we don't have time for that. But, um, but I just feel like if that's you and you want prayer for that, to, to really either come back to the Lord or give your heart to the Lord, um, the, we would love to pray for you. Pastor would love to pray for you. So please don't hesitate to do that today. Don't leave today without without doing that, because God loves you so much. You have no idea. I mean, we, we can't even fathom, none of us. I've been a Christian 44 years, and I cannot fathom the love that God has for me. It's so way beyond my thinking. And so just so, you know, please, please take care of that today. Amen. So we'll just open it up for prayer. I'll give this back to Pastor. Amen. All right, let's stand together, and we're going to pray. But before we pray, we're going to have a confession. All right, you ready? All right, say this with me. I'll say it, and then you repeat it, all right? Lord, we don't know where we're going, but we say yes. And we're going to take our step towards that yes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're all in it together now. All right. She said we have to say yes to the, or answer, say yes to what the Lord's going to do. And we are, even though we don't understand it. Right? Because that's what faith is all about. All right, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day and the love that you have for us. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for this time together with uh, Mike and Pat, and Lord, we ask you to seal your word in our hearts and in our minds. And Lord, we do say yes to your plans and purposes, not only for this church, but for us individually as well, Father, part of this church. And Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. Father, we thank you for the food that's been provided for us, and we ask for you to bless it for our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if you met any of those conditions or if you want prayer just in general, please make your way up here and let them pray with you.